wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It's really wonderful to be able to share with you once again. This week we're following the theme, the church in an age of cultural change. And the big question for today is culture and truth. Today our co-host is Eric Hoare, and Eric's the recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Welcome to you, Eric. Yeah, thank you. What a glorious day. I tell you what, and you don't get too many days like like this anywhere in the world, do you? This is really something. This is a good-to-be-alive day. No, well, last night we went down, took my wife down to Simmerfore Beach and had a wonderful time there. Had to go to the Copenhagen ice cream shop, of course, when you go down. Oh, yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Did, did you, did you go to the fish and chip shop? No, no, we, we'd already <laughs> eaten. I said to my wife, look, it's such a nice evening. Why don't we go down there? I'll tell you what, just to walk down that jetty. And I actually saw a seal swimming around the water. Yeah, at the there's end actually, there. that's been down, that seal's been at that uh, jetty. Oh, you know him, I dude. know all about that, uh, that particular <laughs> seal. In fact, one of the things I love love to do down there at the beach and on the Santa Four is uh, sitting on the beach eating fish and chips. Oh. It's a wonderful feeling. It's a real Australian thing to uh, to do. Yeah, no, it's lovely. And and this time of the year, you know, you've got to make every use of every minute over summer, I reckon. It's great. Uh, if you don't, uh, this morning, I really appreciated being able to go out and just walk this morning. I was out just after six and uh, uh, went for about an hour or so, came back, the sun's just uh, getting up and uh, uh, it was a it was a good to be alive, wonderful feeling, and did certainly. You ha- did you have your shorts on, Pastor? <laughs> yes, I've, <laughs> I've actually, I've actually got out of my tracksuit now, and I'm back into shorts oh, again. Good. So it's it's really wonderful. Must be spring. Now, look, this week we're following the theme: the church in an age of a cultural change. And the big question for today is: uh, Can culture? change truth but before we go there i just thought i'd just share with you an article that i uh, that i did actually pick up uh, just uh, uh, just earlier today and uh, it concerns um uh, our good friends at amazon amazon this is the title of the article amazon's new payment technology could change in-store shopping forever. Now, this really jumped out at me. Of course, this isn't occurring online. This isn't occurring in Australia at this particular point in time. But I was really interested with the way in which uh, Amazon is moving with payment technology. This is uh, this is what it said. Amazon One means you may not need a credit card or even a smartphone to pay for what you buy. Uh, new Amazon technology introduced at Amazon Go stores, that's of course in the in the states let shoppers pay for purchases by holding their hands over a scanner the system is called amazon one it may herald a new way of identifying yourself and paying for things that could change and it could change the way people shop enter concerts use public transportation and many other things you've probably used a fingerprint scanner or facial recognition to unlock your smartphone you already know that your voice and your retinas can be used to positively identify you and give you access to your various devices and possibly to secure government or corporate facilities Amazon's new Amazon One technology takes biometrics a step further. 
by allowing shoppers to pay for purchases with a simple scan. To scave off piracy can, uh, uh, privacy concerns, the company says that it's encrypting biometric data before storing it on the, cl- on the cloud and that data will be deleted from the cloud at the customer's request. An Amazon executive told GeekWire that the company had deliberately chosen users' palms as a biometric identifier because people can't be recognised from their palms in the same way that they can for their faces. GeekWire's Todd Bishop tried Amazon out at Seattle's Amazon Go stores and found that his shopping experience was incredibly fast. As the company promised, it took less than a minute to set up the scan of his palm at a small kiosk, linking it with his credit card and his mobile number. Amazon Go stores have no cash registers, so there's no place to wait in line. With no need to even pull out the phone, which is how shoppers traditionally gain access to Amazon One stores and pay for their purchases on the way out, there was literally nothing to slow him down. All he had to do was hover his hand over a scanner to pay for his drink. Going from the storefront to shelf to sidewalk easily took less than a minute, he writes. If he hadn't stopped to snap a few pictures, chat with a security guard and hesitate over buying what sparkling water to buy, it could easily have been done in 15 seconds, he adds. Given the state of the family refrigerator sometimes, he says, it's, it's, if there were a convenience store with this technology close to my home, it could actually be faster to retrieve an item from one of its shelves than to find it on one of ours. Paying with a palm as proof of concept at a couple of futuristic convenience stores may not seem like such a big deal, but it's easy to see the future potential of this technology which Amazon is already offering to other companies. Imagine the convenience, the article says, of simply using your palm to board an airplane, enter an event, pay for your groceries, or identify yourself at your workplace. One obvious place that it could appear soon is at the local Whole Foods markets, since Amazon owns Whole Food. Now, of course, this is this is in America at this point in time. But Eric, tell me, do you see any dangers in this type of technology? Wow, this is amazing stuff, isn't it, Pastor Gary? I mean, this is like futuristic stuff. And and the technology is changing so quickly that they, they're just bringing this up now. Well, you know, to me, it's quite personal. I see, I do see dangers in it. Um, I see the fact that, you know, if they scan you and they're storing all your information up on a cloud, that worries me. I know they, they do it now yeah, with yeah, certain yeah, yeah. things. But I also think that that's quite a personal thing, and I think it's open to abuse and scams. We've got so many scams now. But, of course, this is doing away with the cash society, and the Bible actually talks, too, about um, uh, about this sort of thing uh, being uh, giving us a warning in the Bible as well. So, so really, no, I, I'm a bit worried about this one. Uh, I think it's going in the wrong direction. We should be slowing down on a lot of this stuff. But I think this is predicted. I really do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I'm interested that you've actually said that because I'm so conscious that in the scriptures, and we get mm. this in Revelation 13, you actually get two beast powers appearing. Now, of course, this is not actually the beast because we're going to move into looking at who the beast actually is in a week or two's time but to me one of the really significant things is that in revelation 13 verse 7 
there is actually a, a descriptor that says this, uh, that no one may be able to buy or sell except the one who has a particular mark. Now, mm. we're not going into this isn't the mark and we're not going into that at this particular point in time. But, you know, to me, the really interesting thing here is that we've actually got a statement in the Scriptures that says that at some point in history there's going to be the ability to actually restrict the ability to buy and sell. You know, for, for years and years this has been a physical impossibility because mm. even if a government did restrict a person's inability, there's always been the black market mm. uh, that you could actually fall back on. You could uh, you could trade, you know, quite quietly behind the behind the scenes but you know if if in fact you move a direction you know, this passage in the scriptures and it's uh, it's revelation 13 and verse 17 and it talks about this ability where at some point there's going to be the ability given to this beast power and of course we're not going to exactly what that is at, at this particular point in time but they're going to have the ability to restrict in other words there's power being given hmm. and to me as i look at this i, I say hey uh, is this um a technology that could actually be utilized in uh, that particular scenario yeah well it talks in the bible doesn't about the mark on the hand and the forehead yeah so the hand you know here we have it here talking about the hand and the forehead is your decision making so yeah it's all tied up with scripture and we see that uh, this isn't surprising what's coming out here because we're moving in that direction take away the cash then, then governments and things can have great control and i think this is really open to abuse as well but it is a worry because it's your personal information that that i can Imagine being pulled up for a cop and scanning your hand and finding out who you are, which isn't, mm, I suppose, mm, a good mm, thing. Mm. But, you know, it, it's, it's quite amazing that this is moving so quickly. I mean, you get used to one thing. And suddenly they're starting to bring something yeah, else. In. Yeah, yeah. Well, just think of when true. when you were uh, first started in your in your literature business. Mm. How did you do your banking? Well, that was a thing, wasn't it? You know, the old checkbooks, and, and I mean, they're gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and uh, often, you know, people, you went back and they were paying off a book. You went and collected it, actually, yeah, right at the yeah, very beginning. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, we've come such a long way. I mean, this is futuristic stuff we're talking about tonight. But it's just amazing that this has come out. I, in yeah. fact, I saw on um, uh, Facebook today something saying that, you know, we're definitely heading to a cashless society. And somebody put, well, I don't want it. Yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. there's going to be a lot of resistance, but yeah, it is just incredible. I, I think one of the things we've really got to look at with some of these new technologies, and I'm certainly not against all the new technologies, mm. but one of the things I'm so conscious of is that there are privacy concerns that are actually not being talked about mm. um, in this this whole big picture scenario. What sort of impact? How much has how much information is there on each individual that is stored by so many different different companies, mm. uh, by government organisations, and how uh, possible is it for those particular organisations to be hacked by unscrupulous individuals in this world? Do you know, I, I, I'm really conscious that I'm not sure that we, our society has actually worked through these major issues at this particular point in time. Mm, and they're also using a lot of that data for further um, business ventures. Or, or bringing products yeah, in because yeah, that's yeah. what 
you know, you look up something on the uh, internet, for instance, uh, or on Facebook, and often you'll start getting, like, if you're looking for a car, suddenly you'll get car ads pairing all the time because they know what you're after. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so it spreads right through. And, and you know, you, you, you don't know who's looking at this stuff. That's going to yeah, be the worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric, thank you. Thanks so much for that. Look, guys, let's come to some uh, some music. Uh, love, uh, Katie Gattafasson, uh, according uh, to thy gracious word. FM on the go with the free Faith FM app, available for Apple and Android. 
That's a fantastic little app. It can be obtained from your Android or your Apple store. If you want to be able to listen to Faith FM around the clock, if you want to hear back episodes of any of our programs, go and download the app at the App Store uh, of, of your choice. What you're looking for is Faith FM Australia. Just type in Faith FM Australia. It'll come up, download it, and you can enjoy Faith FM uh, without distrib- without any uh, problems with the with the internet. Folks, um, we've got a free gift for you today. Cosmic Conflict, The Origin of Evil. Now, this is a fantastic little DVD. Uh, if you would like a copy of the... DVD entitled The Cosmic Conflict, The Origin of Evil. If you've ever wondered, if you've ever considered, if you've ever thought, hey, I'd love to know what the origin of evil, why are there so much bad things that happen in this world, then this is the DVD that you need to get your hands on. If you'd like a copy of that DVD, just text your name, your address and your phone number to our studio to our studio mobile that's 0438 066635 that's 0438 066635 and we'll get that that DVD to you with the first with the first mail. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Eric Horn. Eric's the recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. This week we're following the theme, The Church in an Age of Cultural Change. And the big question for today is, can culture change truth? It's a subject that's actually spoken about a lot in the scriptures. But the reason that we bring this subject up is because just, just very recently, Recently, a a survey, a inventory was was released. Now, uh, this most recent release occurred just in the last week. This is the American Worldview Inventory 2020. This uh, inventory was conducted back in January of this year, but it's been released about every two weeks over uh, the last three or four months. This last week, release. 11 occurred and this is uh, uh, this is what uh, what it said uh, past generations of americans viewed god as the basis of truth and morality not anymore the text said a new study shows that most americans reject any absolute boundaries regarding their morality with a majority of adults surveyed believing instead that moral truth is up to the individual to decide. According to the findings from Dr. George Barna, Director of Research at the Cultural Research Centre at Arizona Christian University, belief in absolute moral truth rooted in God's word is rapidly eroding amongst all American adults whether church or unchurched within every political segment and within every age group. Even amongst those who do not identify God as the source of truth, there's a substantial rejection of any absolute standard of morality in American culture. Now, of course, whatever occurs in America ultimately comes uh, across here as a result of the impact of media and, uh, and Hollywood. But 
The study went on to to say this. The study found that the pull of the secular world is especially strong amongst um, amongst younger Americans. Oh, before we get to that, perhaps most stunning. This latest research shows that a rejection of God's truth and absolute moral standards by American Christians. Now, this to me was really surprising. I sort of expected it for the non-Christian cohort, but for the Christian cohort, I didn't expect it to be at the same level. These people are seen as most likely to hold traditional standards of morality. Evangelicals defined as believing the Bible to be true and reliable word of God are just as likely to reject absolute moral truth as to accept its existence. Only a minority of born-again Christians, 43% actually, still embrace absolute truth. Now, you know, when I was reading this, I started to, I started to think, hey, this is, this is staggering as far as the Christian church is concerned. You know, these are the people who are attending church week by week. They're worshipping God. They have a basis for authority. And yet the majority of them, indeed the vast majority, are actually saying, well, no, um, uh, six out of ten adults say that identifying moral truth is up to each individual. They say... There are no moral absolutes that apply to everyone all the time, and just one-third of adults uh, disagree with that view. It was an unexpected result, is what George Barner actually concludes. Now, this particular report, you can actually go online, folks, and and get uh, this report if you want to have a look at it. Uh, Just go online for the American Worldview Inventory 2020 and what you're looking for is report number 11. There's been 11 reports to date. This is the, the most recent of them. But this is a staggering uh, result that, to me, is a huge indictment on traditional uh, Christianity. Eric, tell us, I mean, how are we to, to view these things? I mean, I mean, do the Scriptures have anything to say about uh, this type of worldview? Yes, it does, Gary. You know, uh, when you read this report and you see that the eroding of God's work, even in a Christian's life, this has been happening over the years. And, you know, you don't have to be, you have your eyes open, you can see what's happening in the world today. But, you know, it's we're talking here about a a culture. You know what a culture is? I, I looked it up in the dictionary and a culture isn't an umbrella which encompasses the social behavior and norms found in human society. That's what a culture is, the way human society behaves. That's a good definition, actually. Yes, uh, as well as knowledge, beliefs, and arts and laws and the rest. You know, So here we have um, the world acting this way, getting worse, and what seems to be happening, Gary, under this umbrella seems to be drawing Christians along with it, that they are now going with that norm and moving into society and giving up what they hold dear to them, the word of God, what the yeah. word of God is saying. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and this is a danger for all of us as we await Jesus to come. This is this is a real worry. In fact, Charles Spur- Spurgeon once said, discernment is not a matter of simply telling the difference between right and wrong. Rather, it's telling the difference between right and almost right, mm. which is a very good point to make. So some of these things can look close. You know, I, I just go by what the Bible says, Gary, when I look and, at and what, you, and what you're saying there, I think, is so important because this isn't – what we're saying today isn't something that is just taught by, you know uh, – 
my my church. But traditionally, mm-hmm. what we're saying here is something that was actually taught across the board amongst Christianity generally. Mm-hmm. And yet what we're actually seeing now is a huge change in what Christianity generally is actually is actually saying. I mean, like in that uh, that report, if I can just go on just a little mm-hmm. bit more in this particular report, it, um, as we mo- dig into the detail of it, uh, this is... Uh, what George Barner says. Dr. George Barner, who directed the study, noted that the research suggests Americans are radically de- redefining how life works. Americans have historically held a biblical view that God created our world and the life within it. He gave particular guidelines that promote our well-being when we, st- when we stay within those boundaries. Mm. Those principles were delivered to humanity through the Bible, Barner explains. Now, of course, Barner is not a, you know, a member of my my particular denomination. He's part of the uh, the broader field in uh, in Christianity, and and uh, and he just is able to say, you know, bring conclusions out that to me would horrify certainly past generations of Christians mm. because God was described as the a pure, perfect and just creator whose character and motivations were impeccable. He served as the basis in the past of all truth. The truth principles he provided to us in the Bible are consistent and pertinent to everyone in all situations at all times, Barna said. Now, of course, what Barna's sharing here is something that that's a standard a standard belief of most Christian religions, certainly historically, certainly the, the Protestant arm of mm. Christianity in particular. Knowledge of good and evil, meaning and purpose, and everything else that matters was accessible by studying the Bible and gleaning the truth God has provided for our well-being. But things are changing, he says, the veteran researcher. Only half Americans now believe, anyway, in an all-powerful God, mm. loving and forgiving. Less than half of believers believe that the Bible is true and relevant to modern life. Uh, you know, when the believers are coming to those conclusions, you start to say, hey, you know, we've got huge challenges uh, in the in the religious world that we're actually looking at today. Uh, but let's come back to the back to the word of God. What does the word of God say, you know, about this whole issue? Well, the whole thing is, Gary, is that, you know, where does, where, what is truth? I mean, you know, the, the Bible contains truth. You know, Muhammad said before he died, I don't know the purpose of life. The Buddha said, seek for the truth. This is what these people said before they died. Confucius said, I'm not the way. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No mm. one comes to the Father through me. So the truth is found through in Jesus, me. through yeah. him, that's right. And the Holy Spirit, if we look at John 16, 13 4 to 14, it says, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So in a world today which is has a moral compass, if you like, it has a, a standard on which, a line on which we all stand, Stand. Do we then stand on on the Bible and what the Holy Spirit is saying to us in our lives, or do we look at the world and things erode around us that we slowly become more like the world than stand on the Word of God? Mm. And if we've got the Holy Spirit in us, we will be concentrated on what the Bible is saying, because it says here that the Holy Spirit is truth. The Holy Spirit is actually able to lead us 
into all truth. That's right. And, and you know, Eric, mm. to me, I think that's actually so important because, mm. you know, we live in an age today. I mean, fake news is everywhere. I mean, right now we're all, you know, engrossed. Well, some of us are engrossed with what's happening over there in the States with uh, mm. in our presidential election. But as I look at that, I see, I see fake truths that are actually everywhere. People actually can't discern what truth actually is. Yeah. Is what we are being told truth or is it that absolute rubbish? I think with all the new technology that we've got, it's, it's made it more confusing because people hear more. I mean, you used to just pick up a newspaper or yeah. hear something yeah. on the radio, but now you've got all this uh, social media yeah. where you've got all these thoughts and opinions, and we all know that on the on the net – if you're looking up at, for instance, about depression, they say that oh, nearly half of that's wrong because mm. it's coming from the wrong sources. So this is throwing confusion into the world, you know. Uh, but it says here in First John four one, it says, "Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have actually comes for God from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. So we will be bombarded by all these things. We need to know the Word of God to actually be able to discernment." To have that discernment of what has actually been thrown mm, at us, mm, and that that mm. is really important. You know, I love what um, Paul actually uh, says because uh, he says here uh, in First Corinthians nine twenty seven, he says, "I discipline my body like an athlete, doing it." to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. So who is the I that Paul is talking about? It is really him filled with the Holy Spirit. He's disciplining himself through the power of the Holy Spirit so that he actually can recognize right from wrong. You know, it, it, And in fact, often a lot of this stuff takes us back to the law of God. Mm-hmm. This, mm. That is the moral compass, isn't it? Yeah. The commandments of God is what uh, gives us that moral compass. So truth is very, very important in a subject like this. But I really looked at, I like Ephesians 6, 10 to 18, Gary, where it talks about the armor of God. Uh, because to me, if I was Paul, and Paul had seen the Roman soldiers, he was in prison many times, actually chained to them, and he studied the, the uh, armor, he uses that to talk about the defense mm. against the wiles. And if I was Paul, I would have started off talking about the armor. I'd start with a helmet of salvation. Mm. I'd put the helmet on first. But he doesn't start from the top, which is amazes me. He starts off describing the armor of God. He says, stand firm in verse 14 of uh, Ephesians 6. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in your place. So he actually starts off with the truth. Okay, so the defence. So, so that that's really significant because, uh, in fact, can we read that particular passage? Mm. Because I think it's a very powerful passage. Yep. Um, that's that uh, is in Ephesians, I yep. think, chapter yeah. six. Yep, Ephesians chapter chapter six. And yep. let, let me just take it and yep. and read this. And sure. of course, what Paul is actually saying here, because I think sometimes the Word of God says things in a way that you know is unique and that we can't say it quite as well. Uh, this is what Ephesians chapter six uh, actually says. Paul is speaking. It's, it's he's come to the climax of his epistle to the Ephesians, and he says this: "Stand therefore." It's a command. Therefore, girding your waist with truth, and that was the point. And then I'll get you to, to comment on this in a minute. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, 
and taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication. So he's actually taking the what the uh, the Roman uh, infantrymen would, would actually wear. But your point there is the first thing he says is put on a belt of Truth, mm. and you know this this uh, belt. It was called back then in in uh, Roman times as the Caninglium, as C I N G U L U M. That's what it was called. And what it was, it was a soldier's badge badge of office, and it was worn with the tunic at all times. It was an apron, a belt that was decorated with leather little leather strips to give protection to the groin in battle. But it also had on those strips these this metal that made jangling noises. Made so when they walked along. Uh, the uh, the opposition, the other army, it intimidated them, and they heard the noise of the army marching, and it caused them to fear and tremble. This belt actually held together the soldier's garments; otherwise, he would have been hampered in his movements. And this is what Jesus is saying here. What Paul is saying is the belt of truth that it is that we need the belt of truth that we have that protection that we have this truth that holds us together, so that we may battle the enemy, mm-hmm. because. What's the use of having uh, the uh, the um, the armor if it's not held together in place? And the truth holds us together. The word of God holds us together as as Christians that we may be able to put on the rest of it. That we have that armor, we have that. In fact, you know, I think Eric, that uh, that issue of the uh, the armor is so important. Like one time, I had occasion to actually see the armor of uh, of a Roman uh, infantryman, mm. and one of the really interesting things was that the armor, the the belt actually had connected to it various implements and, and one of them was a a hook that would allow them to rest the shield on their on their belt because you know I'm so conscious that you know these shields that they were holding were were heavy objects mm. it wasn't easy for even a well-trained infantryman to stand for maybe hours holding a, a shield so what did they actually have well they actually had a hook on their belt that connected onto the shield whereby they could rest their shield against this thing mm. against what is the shield? The shield is the shield of faith. Yes. It's being hooked on mm. to the to the belt of truth. You know, when I realized that, I sort of thought, hey, what is Paul knew all of this? Mm. He's saying something that's incredibly profound and so important for us today. How important is truth in the day and age in which we're living? That's right. And that um, shield of faith also repels the, the flaming arrows that the devil throws yeah. at us. Yeah. And that is in your faith and truth are mixed together. Are all so. put together. Put together and it's an amazing uh, I shared this one time in a sermon and had a picture of the different um, parts how it all fitted together and Paul here is talking about what he's seen in the Roman army he's using this as Jesus did when he uses things for his parables he uses things from the countryside the sheep and white and here he is talking about this and he says uh, you can can, um, have this this belt first you know and then your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of feet so your feet takes you where you need to go and this all ties up you know the helmet of salvation where you think is where the helmet is and the sword of the spirit and apparently in those days the sword was a two-edged sword 
it was a two-edged sword, the mm. power, mm. the power of the word. It's, it's an absolutely beautiful description. If anybody um, would like to study something, study Ephesians 6, 10 to 18, because this is the, the picture here is, is to put on your armor every day, not just yeah. to take it off and put it down, but also it ends up with prayer. Yeah. Very yeah. important. So all this is to keep us and protect us from the moral de- things that are declining in this world, that we stay close to him. And that uh, that is so important. What you actually, I think, you've made a, a very powerful point there. Uh, do you know, as I as I consider as well. I mean, I I love uh, the book of First and Second uh, Timothy because in uh, in those particular passages there, uh, Paul, of course, is closing his life's work by writing to Timothy, and here he he talks about our time. He talks about the end times, and it. it it actually doesn't come as any surprise what's actually going on here. Mm. Um, the Second Timothy chapter three says, "But know this: that in the last days, perilous times will come." You know, if I was Paul and I had been shipwrecked, I had been flogged, I had been stoned, uh, I I would have been saying his time was perilous. But what he says here is, "No, the end time are going to be perilous times. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving." Loving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control. You know, as I look at them, like my world today, I'm saying, hey, these things are actually coming, coming very, very true in a very literal way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, verse 7, he actually moves to start talking about the religious world. He says this, these people are always learning but never able to come to a knowledge of this thing called truth, mm-hmm. always learning. You know, to me, isn't that a challenge? Mm-hmm. Don't we live in a world where there are many philosophers out there, and yet many options, but people are never able to come to a conclusion that says uh, this is actually truth, whereas actually what we've got in the Word of God is something that is presented as truth. Mm, that's right. I mean, we can hear the Word, but not really take it into our hearts, and that's what it's talking about here, is to is to put that armor on, means that you, you listen to it and you, you take yeah. it into your heart, and then those pieces click in, click in together until you, you're able to stand and to resist these things. I mean, to me, when we look at what the Spirit says, it says, uh, and for instance, Psalms 25.5 says, Guide me into your truth and teach me, for you are God my Saviour. My hope is in you all day long. Mm-hmm. It's not in the hope of this world. Yeah. And it also says too, and it says, uh, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And also it says then, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So it's actually seen our, seen our real condition. The truth reveals to us who we actually are, mm-hmm. that we're all sinners and the dependence of God and that we just need that Holy Spirit all the time. But you're right about the deception at the end of time. Yeah. The many people, and this is what's happening now. We can see in this study here yeah. that people aren't genuine. I'd like to quote too uh, what you're talking about. It says here in Matthew twenty four twenty four, and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing, because they refuse to love the truth. Yeah. yeah. And so be saved. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion. So that they may believe what is false, in order that they may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. This is telling me here that God's going to allow something to happen at the end of time to deceive people. But it's telling me also that these people are more happy doing the things that are wrong than following 
the word of truth. Yeah, yeah. you know, there's something there's something very beautiful, isn't there, Eric? About mm-hmm. about truth. You know, truth itself actually becomes a protection. Yes. To me and my children and my family. Yep. You know, when if I, I'm living in a world today of fake news, where I'm not sure what is actually truth out there, there is actually no protection for me. Mm-hmm. And yet, the very moment I start to come back to what is truth, and I'm able to establish truth. And I'm able to believe a thing called truth and I know what is actually going on and the scriptures actually tell me exactly what is going on. Mm. Then all of a sudden, clarity is what is able to be formed. And you know, I believe we're living in a world where we need this clarity more than anything else. In an age of fake news, we need clarity and that's exactly what the word of God gives us. Mm. So true, Gary. I mean, you know, truth brings us freedom. Yeah, and in a quagmire where we're at a mess of all this stuff going on, we don't know what's to believe is right or what is wrong. We have a clear word. It's like a GPS. You know, I use my GPS all the time. You know, but you've got to switch the GPS on to have to find the pathway through. And then when and and that's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's a, you've got to have them in your in your life all the time. And you know when you're, you when you're starting to do something wrong, uh, you know a red light comes up to stop you. You know, and that's that's the Holy Spirit telling you. And then a green light to do what is right. But it's a map to uh, going through life. And with all this confusion, and now we see that the world is judging also how Christians behave. This is another point that comes from the survey is that when they see how Christians behave, they they're not really seeing the difference between a Christian yeah. and. Yeah. That's where the hypocrites, you know, they talk about Christians being hypocrites come in. So when we, when there's a degeneration of, of the standards and of, 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 uh, of this freedom that's given to us, and when we start to move into this umbrella of doing what the world does, then that we'll be fine that you, you won't be able to tell the difference. And that's, that's the. But really, we're at that point right now, aren't we? Mm, because yeah. we, it, you know, it, it's virtually impossible to tell the difference between a person who says, look, I'm Christian. And a person who says, I'm not Christian, you know, essentially they believe and practice exactly the same, the same thing. Mm. And as a result, uh, you're getting massive amounts of confusion out there. There is no uh, clear differentiation. And yet to me, what I see in the Word of God is a very beautiful picture uh, that starts to form that, you know, at the, at the end time, you actually get, uh, Jesus stands up. And he says, hey, here are those who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Those are the people who are saved at the end time. You find, you know, Revelation fourteen twelve is just so clear on this matter that Christ is able to point to them and say, hey, these are the people who have been genuine about their faith. Mm-hmm. Because a person has claimed doesn't mean that it is in fact reality. No, that's right. And, you know, the Bible talks about it being a narrow path. Most people, it says, are on the, the broad path. Yeah. But there is a narrow I, I like what it says in Hosea 4 1 through the prophet. It says, God through his prophet reprimands the Jewish people, and he says, There is no truth or mercy or knowledge of God in the land. And in verse 6, he said, God's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because they have forgotten the law of God. And in verse 10 he concludes, because they have ceased obeying the Lord. So the meaning of truth in the Bible can be seen right here. Biblical truth is a knowledge of the law of God and its application. 
and that is so strong and this is what keeps us whole it, it keeps us apart from confusion and destruction because sin only brings uh, confusion and destruction so when we follow what the Bible says here uh, about um, following the Holy Spirit and following God's word and making that number one in our lives then we have that clear path we can be confident that we can survive what is happening in the world today where uh, you know uh, uh, we see in the Christian world there's confusion we must be people of the word yeah, it con- and constantly be pushing back to what is the word saying in each area of our life. But Eric, look, let's just have a little bit of a break. Sure. Let's come to some uh, some music. This is Carly Fletcher of Follow the Lamb.
That was Kylie Fletcher, Follow the Lamb. What a beautiful song that is. Folks, our free gift for you today is the DVD, A Cosmic Conflict, The Origin of Evil. If you would like a free copy of this DVD, thank you so much to those who have already requested it. We do have two or three copies still left. Uh, you can request your free copy of The Cosmic Conflict, The Origin of Evil. All you need to do is send it. Uh, a text, that's your uh, your name, your address and your telephone number to our studio uh, mobile, that's 0438 that's 0438 0665 and we'll send you your free copy this is a DVD, Cosmic Conflict The Origin of Evil, if you want to know where evil came from, uh, this is a fantastic video to provide uh, that particular answer. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Eric Hoare and Eric's the recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. This week We're following the theme, the church, in an age of cultural change. And the big question for today is, can culture change truth? Of course, we've been referring to uh, George Barner uh, research, and uh, he's uh, he's been looking at the subject of perceptions of truth in the uh, in our current uh, current current age he um, he concludes by saying the diminished role of god in people's lives highlights why just 6% of american adults possess a biblical worldview is it any wonder that our world is actually changing in such a fast such a quick such a remarkable manner Significantly, though, the report concludes uh, by by saying this. There's an urgent need for those who still have an understanding to educate on these principles. These principles, if they're not shared, will be lost forever. But Eric, tell me. How does the church, because it's got to flick back to the, to the church, how does the church practically do this? How do you give a, uh, share the, the understanding of scripture with an incredibly secular world? Well, the thing is by deed and action, really, isn't it? I mean, to keep the Bible alive is the purpose of the Christian, to keep God's word alive. Yeah. And that is by showing by deed and action. And to me, I think the gospel is presented in a way that just by helping people, but also, you know, being ready to stand up for God's word also yeah. uh, in, a, in a confused world. You know, the definition of truth to me, Gary, is um, is it? It is the self-expression of God. It's having the will, the character, the glory, and the being of what God would be like. Mm. That's the definition of truth, and it yeah. comes to us through the Scriptures. We soak yeah. it up. Therefore, in our churches or out in the community, we present Christ to people the way the Bible talks about. In other words, truth is actually something that has been revealed to us mm. rather than something that we can just naturally stumble upon because if you like at the present time we're almost like blind men that do are actually stumbling around saying in the darkness saying hey look you know which way do I go which way do I go no, that's right there's no moral compass in the world there is you no, can do what you like basically and yet, yet what we've got in the word of God is actually this in wonderful direction finder something that is actually I mean according to the scriptures themselves they have actually 
been supernaturally revealed to us. And the thing that I love about the Word of God is that there is actually evidence to back up that reality. If there was no evidence, I'd say, hey, look, you know, maybe we're flying in the dark as well. But, you know, as so I just look at the amount of evidence for, for that particular conclusion, I say, hey, what a powerful God mm. uh, we do actually serve. Yeah, we stand on a strong foundation. The evidence is there, the love is there, and the changes in our lives yeah, reveal yeah. God to yeah, us. Yeah. But, you know, Eric, the thing I'm so conscious of is it's so important for those who do actually understand these things mm. to actually stand up and speak up. You know, I, there's been a number of times I've had the, the privilege of being able to, to, to preach, and one of the um, one of the sermons that I, I actually love sharing on is uh, is a sermon that comes from Acts chapter 4. Now, of course, Acts chapter 4, you've had the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Peter and John have now been um, locked up there in prison for their for their belief, and the the church is worried about their future because you know it's a dangerous thing to have the Roman army putting you in prison, and this is uh, a capital offence that uh, they're actually in prison for. The, the 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 church actually comes together, and what they what they do is they start to pray. And their prayer significantly in Acts chapter 4, and the story is verse 23 down to 31, you get the church prays for boldness. Mm. You know, I love this prayer. And you actually read this prayer here. And, you know, as a result of this prayer for boldness, what we actually find is the Holy Spirit is poured out a second time. Mm. But the people haven't actually prayed for the gift of the Holy Spirit, hmm. what they've prayed for is, Lord, make us bold. And in fact, the conclusion of the prayer says this, now, Lord, look on their threats, because that's what the Romans and the Jews were actually doing to the early Christian church, and grant to your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word. Hmm. Um, and then the, the word simply says here, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They haven't prayed for the Holy Spirit. They've prayed for boldness. But as a result, they received the Holy Spirit. Do you know, Eric, do you think there's a, there's a place for us today to be praying for boldness for sure. um, in order that we might actually fulfill, that we might actually respond to this crisis that is actually in, within our society? It's interesting, Gary, when you look at some of the strongest churches that I've been at are the ones who are doing evangelism and reaching out, looking outside the yeah, church yeah. and together being unified and concentrated on on learning the scriptures so they may take them out to where the, the rubber meets the road, if you like, to go out there to share the gospel. That, to me, is boldness, to be able to stand for truth because the people that I meet out there and the ones that I study with have no moral compass. They 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 go and they're in a circle, they're in a rut. But when you go out there with the word of God and, and bring out things that change their lives and you see them. I had a lady the other day say to me, Eric, she said, Look, I used to just lose my cool when I used to fight and argue with people and I've said, Since I've been studying the scriptures I've found that I walk away now. Yeah. You know, it's changing her life. And and I think that's what it means to be bold is to multiply and to, to be unified. And, and we grow when that yeah. happens yeah. too. You yeah. know? We stand strong. That, that is actually true. In other words, the scriptures actually are there and they give us direction. They give us clarity. Mm. Uh, they give us a, a way forward. And, you know, mm. in the world in which we're living today, how much our world actually needs this? Our world currently is bogged down in mm. In the bog, you know. Right. <laughs> to me, I cannot believe how uh, 
so many people are looking, which way do I go, which way do I go, and they simply are unable yep. to find a direction. Whereas I look at the Word of God, it says, hey, here's the direction. Mm. This is the way. Yep. Walk ye in it. What a wonderful a blessing we've actually received yeah. in having the Word of God. Yeah. Well, folks, it does look like our, our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when we ask how much has, the, has culture really changed the church? Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. Uh, please enjoy Christian Bardell. Find us faithful. We're pilgrims on the journey of the narrow road. And those who've gone before us line the way. Cheering on the faithful, encouraging the weary, their lives a stirring testament to God's sustaining grace. Surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run the race not only for the prize. But as those who've gone before us, let us leave to those behind us the heritage of faithfulness passed on through godly lives. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our their way. May the footprints that we leave lead them to believe, and the lives we live inspire them to obey. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful.